You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome, my Druids, back to Making a Druid, the, as, as Teresa likes to say it, the best Nancy <laughs> podcast there is. I'm always really cautious about saying that just because, you know, I don't want to step on any toes, but she is really adamant that we are the best. So I'll call it. Here's that. the thing. You're, you're right. But <laughs> also, I didn't say all the other podcasts suck. I they're they're good podcast fine podcasts podcasts that you should listen to. <laughs> I encourage you. You should listen to multiple Nancy Drew podcasts. Exactly because I we all we are the best one. Style. We all have a different style. So <laughs> you've got to you've got to listen to all of us. So today we are discussing the spell of the burning bride. As always, my name is Allie, and I am joined by my esteemed colleague in the supernatural, Teresa. I'm not a steam. <laughs> yes, you are. You have a literature degree. That means you're esteemed. <laughs> it's not like it's from Oxford or something. <laughs> she's also like the expert of the supernatural. I know. So she's esteemed to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I don't think I'm an expert in the supernatural. I am definitely someone who... Um, and dabbles in it. I'm a dabbler. dabbler. She's a dabbler. I just dabble in slow bird relationships. But oh, anywho, they're so uh, good. <laughs> we are back today to talk about episode 10. We're really excited. We're over halfway through season two now, and we are quickly approaching season three. I know episodes have been coming out really quickly, but I have to say, People have done a really good job of still keeping up with these episodes, like listening. I've been putting them out two at a time, and I think I'm actually putting out two more tonight. And but we're still getting the same numbers. So people are obviously listening to them either on their commute or while they craft, one person said. So whenever you listen to us, we are extremely grateful to have you here. We did have someone this week on Twitter who mentioned that they found us and my accident and heard that in our first, in our, in our pilot that let me, let me look, we said look we were never going to watch another CW show again and quickly picked up on the fact that we had watched the hundred. <laughs> that's all Teresa, I, that's impressive. It could have been a lot of CW shows. And I was like, there's a specific kind of bitter. <laughs> That comes with watching the hundred that I the hundred fans are a specific brand of bitter. (laughs) I'm looking the person up so we can okay. While she looks the person up again, we're approaching season three, so just keep in mind that for season three, we will be live tweeting on Fridays. You're welcome to join us, and we will be releasing new episodes on Sundays. That's when our review episodes will come out post episode. Also, we're considering actually doing a couple of live chats with you guys with the hashtags. You can ask us questions and things like that. If that's something that you'd be interested in, please let us know because we don't want to like do it and no one actually wants to show up. I mean, (laughs) I can make my friends show up and shout out to Holly. Holly was the one that tweeted. Yes, Holly. uh, Holly, it is so nice 
And then right at the bottom, her friend Savannah was like, Holly, I do not need any more podcasts subscribed to Making a Druid anyway. (laughs) So shout out to Holly and Savannah. Welcome to Making a Druid, Holly and Savannah. I'm so happy to have a kindred spirit in the listening audience. All right, so let's get started with today. We've got our Keeper of the Count, Miss Teresa, who is going to update us on our three totals. Yes. So, um, as of the end of episode nine, um, we are at the same body count for a couple of episodes now at three and a half for the whole show, one and a half for season two, half being George, who is now alive, but was dead. Um, RIP George, happy you're back though. Uh, so happy. As for ghosts, we've been ghostless for a handful of episodes now. Which is quite a feat considering we went like the first six or seven episodes with a new ghost each episode. Yeah, we had um, one every episode until like six. So yeah, we're at 14 uh, for the show, uh, six for season two. Let me rack my brain. We had the Wraith. We had the class of 75. Um, I'm just looking at episode titles to like rack my brain a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, we had the Behoot. Yep, the Behoot was next. Then we had, uh, what was episode four? Uh, Agnes with the Buried Treasure. Yep. Um, and then on five, we had Odette that uh-huh. was introduced. In o- uh, and then six, the Lamia. The Lamia. I actually remembered that one. I just got yes. through editing that episode. <laughs> that must be helpful. Um, yes. Uh, Allie's the editor. I'm just here for fun. <laughs> You're so funny. It's not like I'm like a pro or anything, guys. I, I use GarageBand, <laughs> which is um, free on my Mac. So. so so anyone can start a podcast. So if you're a pro editor out there and you actually want to take pity on us and edit our episodes, cool. That'd be great. I edit Uh out a bunch of things. (laughs) You'd be surprised of how much we get off track. So those are the six ghosts that we have. And then ghost sightings, since we've been ghostless for a handful of episodes, our ghost sightings haven't budged. Uh, We're still at 63 for the show and 22 for the season, um, which seems like we've at like... um, we plateaued a little bit because uh, the we've been in like 21, 22 for like three episodes, which is a little strange. Right, right. But it'll pay back up. I'm not worried. It was nice to have like a little break, actually, I think. So yes, for my brain, my brain really needed it. I'm not going to yeah, lie this, to you. This it was hard to catch up. very <laughs> supernatural. So I will take the break. All right. Now that we have our counts, we've got caught up. Let's get into our recap. Last episode was episode nine, The Bargain of the Blood Shroud. And in episode nine, a lot of things happened. Previously on Nancy Drew, Gil and Amanda Bobsey returned. (laughs) I say that like half excited. I I love Amanda Bobsey. I've made that well known. I've also made it well known that I hate Gil Bobsey. It's fine. But Amanda and Gil return. Gil steals the shroud from George's locker. He's planning to use the shroud to revive and torture the man he thinks killed his mother, even though he knows that it will also kill George. Luckily, Nancy is able to solve the case of his mother's case before he can do that. 
and discovers that his their mother isn't actually dead. She ran away to protect them when they were really young, but still douche move on Gil Bobsey's part. Obviously not earning any points in my book. Also in this episode, Amanda and Ace and Nancy and Gil are getting even cozier. And both Nancy and Ace are showing signs of jealousy over the other's new relationship in different ways, in different ways. But they're both obviously not okay. They're a little peeved. They're, they're just a, a little sad. <laughs> a little, a little, a little um, annoyed, I would say. Annoyed at this point. Don't worry, we get into full-blown jealousy. It's like my favorite trope. So we're, we're going to get there. Also, Odette threatens to kill herself. And by herself, of course, we mean George because she's in George's body to be reunited with the lady that she was in love with when she was still alive. But Nick speaks to her about his love for George and it is able to change her mind. She vows to keep George alive so that Nick and George can have the love that she was robbed of, which is super selfless of her, I think. Also, lastly, Bess is struggling last episode because she was cut off by Aunt Diana after the whole, you know, fiasco with Bess's ex-husband. And Bess is really struggling with it, but Carson works his dad powers. And by the end of the episode, she is feeling much better and much more like herself. Shout out to Scott Wolf. Yes. Thank you, Carson. You are still the dad of the year. Always the dad of the year. Dad of dads. (laughs) I know there's two dads now and Tom. And, you know, there's lots of dads in the show. Yeah, but Carson will always be my dad. Dad of dad. The adopter of all the children, okay? Because he's literally, I feel like at this point, he's adopted all the children that need dads. He really has. He's the doctor. And so, Scott Wolf, if you're listening, we love you. We love love you. Shout out to Melissa who got a like from Scott Wolf. I know. Oh, my God. I got that notification today. Melissa sent it to me via DM. And she was like, look who liked my tweet. And I'm just, like, standing in the rain with sad violin music in the background. Not my tweet. Not Allie's millions of tweets. Melissa's tweet at me saying she she photoshopped Ryan. You should see my face. And Carson and Nancy on this like poster of Nancy and her two dads. And I was loved it, by the way. And Melissa got a great. Shout out from it's Scott. awesome. I'm so happy for you. Okay, moving on. That so that is what happened last episode. So now we're gonna get into this episode, the episode where you're covering episode 10, the spell of the burning bride. This episode opens up with a nice little opening sequence. It's almost like its own scene. And I have, if I remember correctly, we have several of these types of opens coming up this season. It's not like a little teaser, so to speak. But in this teaser, we see Lily's flower shop, which has come back several times this season, which I do believe is one of Therese's predictions. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah it's it's still not to the level of importance that she thinks it will get but we have seen it several times you so, don't don't ruin this from it's my big thing it's my <laughs> thing okay my two secret societies evil and good fighting each other in this town it's a okay. thing and it's happening <laughs> okay all right so we see lily's flower shop at night it's pretty creepy 
And all of a sudden, a bride in a like in a wedding, full wedding gown, a veil and everything, walks up to Lily's window display, headbutts it, shatters the glass, and steals the bouquet from inside. And that's how this episode opened. And it was pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie to you. It I don't was. know what it I is have- about the whole bride thing that's creepy. It is a trope. Um Yes. Not a popular trope in horror films of having like a dead bride come back and wearing the the gown and yeah. Um it's it's used in a lot of films. There is something rather spooky about it. There's an eeriness to the idea of someone wearing a wedding gown, which is supposed to be a sign of like purity happiness. and happiness and having like a new chapter, and that chapter being death is kind of um frightening to us as viewers and she had the veil on so you couldn't see what was underneath it so you're like oh god like yeah I even in my notes I put ghost sighting question mark because I wasn't sure if it was a ghost or not because it is such a popular and not popular being a relative term but trope in horror films I was like oh Nancy could totally like Nancy sure the writers could totally have taken that kind of more low-key trope and put that in in the show um, people get married in Horseshoe Bay, like, no. and could die, like, totally yeah. possible. Uh, yep. I, I mean, later we find out it's not, but <laughs> I was just like, I was confused. It's like, would a ghost had bought a window? Like, why, why wouldn't they just, like, right, reach in and grab reach it? Reach in and grab it. <laughs> so it is like, really funny, though. It's kind of a juxtaposition how this opening sequence scene thing is really creepy, but this episode is fucking hilarious. It is so funny. Like when I first watched this episode, I thought that it was going to be horror and like really heavy and the creepy, but no, no I no, died laughing. Hilarious. Um, again, like we do every single podcast episode, Kennedy in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she also, she said that this was her favorite episode this season because she it- had so much fun filming it. It's one of my, it's my favorite so far out of the 10 we watched this season. I think this one's my favorite uh, so far. Um, We're only on episode 10. I imagine the last eight will really take me by storm. But um, I just, she was so funny and like, she's been great, but she hasn't had a lot of comedic Comedic timing. Yeah. For this ep- for so far, like even in season one and so far in season two, she hasn't really utilized that skill set yet. They usually let the comedy stuff for like Ace, Ace. or Bess or even yeah. George with her dry humor. Um, and so when she really got to like stretch those muscles and you got to see her like she's funny. <laughs> like, she's, she's really, really good. Funny. I I this this was the second time I've seen this because you know I saved my season two rewatch for the podcast this is the second time i've seen this episode and i still cracked up the entire episode it was it was very good it was there just as good moments the where time. i'm like nancy's finally the audience insert with no filter yep <laughs> yeah i was so happy for gorgeous men because it's the cw and you have to be gorgeous uh-huh. to be on it and uh-huh. i'm just like a little lovable objectification right of the man and i was just Perfect. Perfect. We'll get there. We'll get there. But after we see this creepy opening scene, we see Nancy and Val are at the crew, uh, the claw. And of course, the crew is all there too because they quote work there. 
But Bess and Ace are trying to recommend punny names to Val for Ryan's article in the magazine. And Nancy has to kind of shoo them away because she's trying to talk to Val about giving her, like, she needs advice for her application to Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. And she says, you know, I'm a big fan of your writing. And Val kind of admits that she's sold out at this point. But Nancy still is really eager for her advice. And Val says something that Nancy kind of doesn't like or she doesn't take it very well. But Val looks at her social media and tells her that she's clean, which is good. You're the kind of girl people can take seriously. Which and is just... she... Nancy, go ahead, finish your thought. I was going to say... She just, Nancy, it's very obvious, even though she doesn't, she doesn't convey it as much in this scene just yet, right? It's the beginning of the episode. She's obviously bothered by it. Obviously bothered. She's like, well, I mean, I do wear bikinis. I didn't realize that was a thing that, you know, you're not supposed to wear bikinis. And Val just says, you know, don't give them a reason to judge you. And it's just one hilarious because- we were introduced to Nancy, like truly introduced to her beyond, like sh- she was bone and Nick. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like we saw a little bit of her, I think before that, but I was just like, that was her introduction. And having this be the thing that, that Val tells her, <laughs> I was just like, it's so strange because I, as a viewer know that Nancy isn't as clean as she appears because mm-hmm. she's not as wholesome but it's not you know it's it's interesting though because you know maybe i should throw this in easter eggs but nancy drew the book character right was always seen as very wholesome and so maybe this was their way of like calling out that while even book nancy might have seemed to be very wholesome (laughs) she she might not have necessarily been so like because generally that wholesome image is a facade yeah there isn't rarely I'm sure there's true wholesome people out there I was like you rarely they rarely exist so it was just it's a really it was a really interesting choice because we know Val isn't wholesome either we know she's a liar um and I know I, I like And in this scene, like right after you see her steal Nancy's straw because we, and we all know what that means. Like she's testing DNA. Um, And so like having her give that advice is also so strange to hear and see knowing like us knowing who Val is and seeing that, that conversation about wholesomeness and don't giving them a reason to judge you. And then her right away, just manipulating that conversation to lie She's investigative journalist. Okay, I guess that's different, right? It might be different to Val that that's not the 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 opposite okay. of wholesomeness. So, to her. But this, you know, we frequently talk about how this show will cover very very real conversations and like real things in society. This is a thing, right? This mm. is very real, very real world. You, you have to appear a certain way to get into college, to get a job. You have to have a certain type of social media. You, And it just, it, it's really what it's doing is it's pointing out the fact that as a society, we are technically built upon 
these images that we put out there about ourselves that are not entirely honest. That's very true. I've done workshops around how social media, you know, is a way, is an extension of yourself, even if it's not your whole self. Like just because you have pictures of you taking shots doesn't mean you can't do the job or can't, you know, get that degree or, or, you know, take that class and like learn that material. But it is... We're, we we are projecting ourselves onto, you know, the world using those me- methods. And so um, it's really interesting to see, like, they're very, it's very, it's a very toxic way of looking at people because it is mm-hmm. like one-sided. Yeah. But um, it's the honest truth, right? Because people we'll see that and, 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 and it gives a, a certain impression of the kinds yeah. of things that you put on social media. Yeah. But beyond that, I love a good pun. And I was giggling at those titles. I was like, this episode's <laughs> really funny. And a lot of it is Kennedy, but a lot of it is Pess and Ace, like always. Yes. Those two are just the best split anchors. I love their scenes that they have together. They play off really well of one another. They have the they have the perfect platonic bond. Yeah. And it's just, I, I love that they went that route because they could have stayed on the romantic route that they had in the pilot. And I'm so glad oh that God. they did it because that relationship. They do throw is- back to that later this season. I just need you to know that they, <laughs> they, they do a little throwback to that. Anyways, continue. Um, I just really, I love them. I love their friendship. I love how um given the way things are like shaping out and we talked about this in the recap right the jealousy ace and nancy have for each other that it's like there are two different kinds of development and in friendship right you can be just friends and sometimes that friendship can grow into something more it doesn't always have to be and you can have and this show has done a really good job of making ace have those two kinds of developments in relationships with women and i know it's easy given that you know pess is a lesbian but um yeah but i mean he's also friends with george yeah and so yeah they're completely platonic too and, and they were pl- completely platonic before George um, and Nick were a thing. So yeah, they've done a really good job of, of showing the audience that uh, men and women can have a completely platonic relationship. But that doesn't mean that platonic relationships are always platonic relationships. Sometimes they do evolve into romantic ones um, yeah. as we're seeing slowly but surely in, in the Nancy and Ace realm. <laughs> All right, so Lily walks into the claw, Lily the florist, and Nancy immediately leaves Val, and that's when Val takes the opportunity to steal her straw, as Teresa was referring to earlier. Nancy is questioning Lily about the smashed window. She noticed it on her way to work that morning, and Lily comments that she doesn't understand why someone would want to steal a bouquet. You know, they just broke the glass for the bouquet. And that she tried to talk to Tamora about it, but he was not very helpful. And that he has the bedside manner of a plumber. (laughs) So Nancy offers to help find it for her. So obviously this is setting up for a Nancy and Tamora showdown in this episode. Also, Ace's brother texts and wants to meet up with Ace. So that's big news. (laughs) And as he's texting, he overhears George and Nick talking about Odette. 
George is taking pictures of herself, like a rental car, it, just to make sure that when she comes back after Odette's been in control, she is still the same. Like Odette hasn't done anything to her like body. And so Nick is determined uh, to keep an eye on Odette. But once Odette comes through, she's like, no, but I will allow Bess to chaperone me. And so Bess is um, hesitant, but she also agrees. She's like, okay, I'll be your chaperone. And it's so funny because Odette says something in French and Bess is like, you can see her trying to translate it. And I put, Bess is trying to learn French. I didn't realize that this was a thing that Bess was trying to do, but apparently Bess is trying to learn French. She has a French lover those that's in quotations and and possibly a question mark as well i mean she she becomes like a quote love interest i guess in this episode but like she is already trying to learn french she yeah and you know it makes sense to me best learning french feels like the right language for her you know who she is as a human being true and also same best i'm trying to learn french too bestie let's hang (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but and that wasn't a, just a joke i am actually legitimately I, I figured i figured you you actually were being serious about that i hope i hope it's going well for you i hope you downloaded Thanks. duolingo <laughs> did you download duolingo i have duolingo and then i also paid for Babel. okay i'm taking this very seriously <laughs> very seriously so Bess is going to be odette chaperone but Bess is best so ace is going to chaperone Bess. And Ace, I was just like, you could see it on Ace's face. He's like, isn't that redundant? But we were like, yes, you need to go babysit past. We all know you do. So anyways, so Ace is going to follow them around. And the last we see of Ace, he uh, sends a text message to his brother to let him know where he's located. So Horseshoe Bay, Maine. So that was our little opening sequence. We then see Nancy. And she is at the police station. She is there to see Tamora. She asks him about Lily's case and says, you know what? We can work together on this. You show me what you got. I show you what I got. We have a better chance of figuring this out. So surprisingly, Tamora agrees. And uh, I guess it's at this point, Nancy has proven herself or maybe he thinks like he just doesn't have enough to go on in this case and so he's like okay what what do you have so he goes first he tells nancy he thinks is part of something bigger and because many places have been broken into the past week and something has been stolen from each of them related to a wedding and so nancy shares hers she has found camera footage from a local and i love that they mentioned this she was able to get the footage because she is a local, all right? Because she yeah. knew the person who had the camera and Tamora wouldn't have known it was there. The, yeah. the little story, she said that like the whole town knows that there was this little like squabble between these two people. And so someone had a camera. Uh-huh. Um, it's just kind of... Sh- Sure. Uh, they've been setting this up, right? That tomorrow is clearly an outsider first with um, yeah. the information or like that one episode with um, Charles and yeah. the Omnia and the coroner. What's his name? Uh, Connor. 
Connor, yes. Connor. Um, and saying that he could try to fight their story, but Connor's a local and Nancy's a local, and that means a lot in this town. And, and it does. Again, yeah, and, and then again here that um, you know, get even the little comments that Lily said at the beginning, right? Where she's like, Oh, Tamora, like he doesn't have any manners. Yeah. It's just like he doesn't understand the culture of Horseshoe Bay and the ritual, like he's made fun of mm-hmm. the rituals and all of this stuff. And it's so obvious that it has to mean something. I'm just like, yeah. And they're, I don't think Tamora's gonna, like he made fun of all hell's tide and like, and I'm, I'm just like, why do that? Like, why not just participate? Even Ryan, especially if you're looking for a fresh start. I'm just like, he clearly doesn't want a fresh start. He's clearly there for something else. What could it be? I but have no clue. Nancy I'm an idiot. Shares, Smooth brain. You're not an idiot. Nancy shares the camera footage with him. And on the footage, they see a car. And it turns out that that car belongs to Gil. Bob of course Z. it does. Because of course it does. We just can't go an episode without that lovely human being. So Nancy- What did you expect? There, it started. This episode started with thievery. <laughs> like he's there's something got stolen. Of course he was going to be in this episode. I know. So Nancy and Tamora go to see Gil, uh, and Tamora asks him why he was out so late, like what he was doing. Meanwhile, Nancy is like, you know what? This is not going to get anywhere with this guy. So she walks up. She's like, I'm sorry, you know, to hear like how have you how's how are things with your mom? Like, so she approaches him from a more caring kind of lens. And so I think this episode does a really good job of pointing out the differences between Tamora and Nancy and how they get things done. And it brings to mind that old adage of you get more flies with honey, Mm -hmm. right? Nancy, obviously now I'm not saying Nancy's honey isn't a little bit sour because half the time she's just kind of manipulating people. I think in this case, she genuinely was like worried for Gil, right? Because of what happened in the last episode. But Gil is actually forthcoming with information and tells them that it was a girl in a vintage wedding dress. And he tells Tamora, he tells Tamora and Nancy that it was a ghost. And Tamora obviously is a skeptic and Nancy says, welcome to Horseshoe Bay. And so again, it's setting up those differences between Tamora and Nancy, Nancy being like hashtag teen ghost at this point and Mm -hmm. Tamora being "Mm, ghosts aren't real. It's also really interesting, right? Because I can't help but wonder if we, Nancy, from a year or so ago, I don't think a year has fully passed since the beginning of season, like since the pilot, uh-huh. as she would approach this case if she hadn't already experienced everything, because she would also be like, you're an idiot for thinking it's a ghost. So we've seen Nancy, even though she's been entrenched in the supernatural this season, she she's had several times where she has not jumped straight to the supernatural bus, right? I think- this one is just so out of the ordinary. Like who goes in the middle of the night in a wedding dress to steal something from a flower shop. It feels like it's not a real crime. You know what I mean? It feels like a haunting kind of crime. Yeah. I mean, I did say question mark, ghost sighting. Yeah. Question mark. But 
yeah, so we're we're definitely gonna get to see this episode, Nancy and Tamora working that those opposite angles of hashtag Team Ghost and skeptic. Yeah, so it's just interesting to see that knowing how Nancy was at the beginning, who was just like clearly anti-ghost. <laughs> and a part of it might be the fact that the the whole town is very pro-ghost. Like they blamed a lot of stuff on Lucy. Yeah. So um exactly poor girl i'm glad she got her story told yeah nancy and tamora leave nancy has found a record in her collection of supernatural records that tamora's like because of course that exists and and she has found a record of the dress itself right And as she's saying this, Ace walks in. So Ace joins the scene as well. She's telling them about this dress. It has supernatural abilities. It was around in like the early 1900s, I think, is the time period. But the dress had the abilities to suppress carnal desires. So that was all the rage back then. Sounds like a disaster to me. Tomorrow. Tamora lets us know it was all the rage and then tells us about graham crackers, which were apparently invented for the exact same reason, because, you know, that that's the thing. Women are not supposed to be sexual in any way. And that's still true today. Here we are over 100 years later. And that's still true. How gross is that? But it's so gross. And so the lust goes into the dress like butterflies in a net. So obviously this dress was spelled to take lustful thoughts away from women who apparently just were too sexual or they wanted them to settle down and get married or I don't know. It was, it was terrible. But in 1919 was the last time it was worn. And the, the only problem is that in 1919 when the last bride wore it we'll find out later in the episode it was um not something good but <laughs> so that's one way to put it that's one way obviously you know they said they stopped using it for a reason so i guess we'll find out in a little bit but it hadn't been used since 1919 it was put into the S- historical society boxes okay and now apparently it is back on the loose but before we can leave the claw Bess and Odette leave for their date Ace follows them and Nick says that he is going to go work at the historical society so ah Nick just brilliant yep oh and Tamora tells Nancy that he withheld the fact that he had a hair sample from Nancy of course so he knew all along that it was a human because the hair sample oh, because of the hair sample from a human i and i can't help i wonder i don't wonder a lot was it because he was testing nancy to see how long it would take her to get there to see how like how ghosts maybe like, like to see if she like she would be so what's the word i'm looking for just like maybe he was trying to see if she was supernaturally brainwashed or like, could she rationalize and figure out when something was a real human? Like, you know what I mean? I, or maybe he was just curious to see how she collected evidence. But he kind of stole to see that. the way her mind works. 
I don't know. I just, it just really bugs me when you agree to like help each other. And Nancy gave him everything she had. She could have withheld a lot of information that would have gotten him a lot further than that piece of hair. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't as open and truthful with her. And I think that's part of the problem with Tamora and just the way he just sees Horseshoe Bay in general. He really thinks that those people are Neanderthals. And I just don't understand why. <laughs> if I know I get it, ghosts are weird, but. Yeah, it, it's a problem because, and I guess maybe because he, did he come from like, is this like a city suburb type thing? I like, think is they, he from was the it, city? Oh my God. Like, cause there's that trope, right? People from the city, the city thinking yeah. that people that don't live in the city are idiots. Yeah. Didn't he come from New York? Maybe. I can't remember. But I think he's from New York. We're we're definitely going to get to see more of that this episode. Next, we see Ryan, Val, and Celia. And Celia is at Ryan's photo shoot for the magazine. And she is adjusting his posing. She's obviously in charge of this photo shoot, even though I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Val. And Ryan thanks Val for humoring his mother. And Val reaches up, pretends to clean off his jacket and steals his hair. So it's very obvious now with the straw and the hair that she is running a DNA test between Ryan and Nancy. And I just want to know, what did she find? Like, was it really just the Lucy Sable stuff? Like, because there was nothing to connect Lucy to Nancy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, how did she make that leap to Nancy? She 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 found out about the baby, sure, and Ryan, but how did she leap to Nancy? There are a few steps there that were missing. I can only assume that Patrice told her when she was talking about the baby that she yeah. mentioned Nancy. Because Nancy was the one to tell her that she was the granddaughter. Um, and I don't know how coherent Patrice was for all of that, but maybe she was cognizant enough yeah at least remember nancy's name and so um that's what well that's what's coming to my mind but there were clearly the show and they don't do this very often kind of took a couple leaps there and didn't really take us with them i wonder if they just assumed we would all make some sort of like connection yeah yeah because she's an investigative journalist but yeah, and I guess we are also all in at, at the end of this season. I think we can all probably also tick that box. We're also yeah. I think we should we should all be able to have that. Even how I'm trying to like solve these puzzles, I might also beautiful mind it before episode eighteen, so I can see if I can figure it out. I good luck with that. We next see Odette and Bess at the skating rink, and Odette is a pro, of course, because back before they had tv they went ice skating apparently they did physical things physical activities <laughs> what are those <laughs> i know how lame but bess is struggling and odette is very heavily flirting with her and so obvious and it was really awkward because all i can think about is that's george that's george's face he should only be flirting with nick duh yes only nick but She's very obviously flirting. Ace is watching from the sides. He is very distracted, though. He is texting his brother, 
Odette is using his distraction to her advantage. She takes out a flask and they start drinking and Bess is like, no, we shouldn't. And I'm like, oh, you're so weak. You're so weak. <laughs> Bess clearly likes it. She's missing flirty, flirty times because Lizbeth, where, where's she at, yo? Uh, because she abandoned Lizbeth at the meeting with her parents and then she better never be said back. anything. Anywho, Tamora and Nancy come back. The hair is from a living brunette. And the last bride from 1919 was a blonde. So again, just more confirmation that it was an actual human person. Nancy questions him then. And she's like, you know, I, I know you don't believe in ghosts. She's like, but every time I mention weddings, you kind of flinch. So I looked into it too. So Nancy was also keeping things from him because she dug into his past. Yeah, but not about the case he, though. She didn't lie about an the engagement case. announcement and no wedding announcement. And so she has dug into his past and you're right. She didn't lie about the case, but she was withholding information. And okay. so- and, 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 and I understand that this is hypocritical of me. But they agreed to share information on this case. Nancy did that. She did not say she was going to share every piece of information she came across during this time period. <laughs> okay, Melissa. When did Melissa just like jump inside your body? Like she, that doesn't she, seem did she sanitary. possess me? Is Melissa now a ghost? Doesn't seem sanitary. We're in a panorama right now. Okay, no one's sharing my body. Okay. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> Tamora is there, he says, for a fresh start. And I'm like, all right, that's what every serial killer says after they get close to being caught and moved to another town. Sure, it's it's fine. But <laughs> so the bride from 1919, Tamora sees the picture of the bride again, and he realizes it's not from an announcement, but from a, uh, an article on a homicide case. So the bride from 1919, when they put her in the dress, she kind of lost it and killed the husband. As she should. <laughs> As she should. And I'm all from, actually, I'm not, I shouldn't say that. But so, in the context of this fictional town, women murder men. Love it. I'm yep. here for it. <laughs> so, not only was this dress like there was a spell put on it, right, to suppress lustful thoughts, but Nancy says, what if it's not a ghost, but a haunted dress? So the dress itself, because the last person who wore it was a homicidal, like, bride-to-be. What if the dress itself is haunted? So she asked Tamora, you know, how did the bride kill her husband? And Tamora says, by fire. It instantly then cuts to Nick, who is at the Historical Society with his welding gun, right? They're still working on fixing all of the boxes that Nancy so flawlessly broke it was an excellent excellent debacle as nick is there he sees that noah i think is what he said her name was who is there helping him weld has welded the door shut and is in the gown so the girl that was helping nick with his project to fix the boxes the historical society is apparently being haunted by this dress she is wearing it she is holding the welding gun and she is about to kill Nick with it. So oh. that, given the amount of people who are coming in and out of the historical society, does it only attach itself to women then? 
Probably. Because Nick has been in there a lot too. So why not call out to Nick? Or Hannah. Or Hannah. Um, Maybe it's certain types of women. Maybe it's younger women. Hannah is older. um, But that seems ageist. Is the dress ageist? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, we had a ghost that was racist. So. God, I still can't get over. Uh, I mean, it's the class of 75. I guess it's kind of accurate given that they're from 75, but. You say that as if racist people don't exist in 2021, which is inaccurate. It's inaccurate. You're right. We probably will come across a a, a current current ghost that is also racist, but we have to take it on that. So Nick Nick is about to die. Meanwhile, Odette and Bess are still hardcore flirting and Odette said reminds her that you know if she had been alive you know if this had been in her time that she would have been killed just for holding Bess's hand and so they hold hands and then she says but they did kill me and so in order to take her mind off of it Bess takes some more of the alcohol yeah and meanwhile Ace is still on the sidelines being distracted especially after Nancy calls and Ace is like, oh, well, Nick just called. Let me merge the calls. And Nancy realizes that Nick is about to die. <laughs> so I guess he has a reason to be distracted by, from the There's Odette good stuff. reasons. I don't blame Ace at all. Ace has never done anything wrong understand. in his life. Um, except yell at Nancy. He did that. Yeah. That was wrong. But um, it's just so funny because there are small moments like the one with Bess and uh Odette inside George's body that remind you of like how grounded the show actually is despite its topic of supernaturalness like yeah you know just having the commentary of of reminding us that Odette's a ghost because she was murdered for being a lesbian is like really like sometimes you forget right like that you forget that Odette is where she is and was the Iglaika and was this angry uh, presence and force because life did her so dirty and, and having small moments like that. And, and, and I can't help but wonder as someone who's just a little bit superstitious, how many ghosts are still roaming our, our reality in like in our, in our plane, right? Because of awful, awful crimes committed against humanity. Like, mm-hmm we are such a hateful hateful people like it's always amazes me how easily we we turn on each other for super stupid things superficial things yeah yeah who it's, cares let her bone maria or maria or whatever her lover's name uh, is. mary mary is her name thank you very much Nancy, Tamora, and Nick are all at the Historical Society now. Of course, Nancy and Tamora have shown up to help Nick. And Tamora was at least had the forethought to bring the battering ram and breaks the door down. Nancy steals the dress, but she's still under the dress's influence. So Nancy destroys it. But as she is destroying it, she is blasted in the face by like a green gas looking thing. Yes, and that's when we all go, oh, no. What just happened? Because up until this point, Nancy hasn't really been affected by the supernatural. Not that much. She's been haunted. The whisper box, I guess. 
Um, I was like, she's been haunted, yes. And she's been almost murdered in the whisper box, right? The, But given the amount of hauntings and the amount of things that they've seen, um, she's been pretty unaffected. I think her and maybe Nick and I don't know. I think, I think it's been- intentional though, right? Because she's the brains of the operation. So to yeah. put her in a position where she's trying to solve her own conundrum it makes for very, very good entertainment. Yeah, and, we're going to find out. And then, to be honest, I had no idea where this episode was going with that. I was like, is Nancy going to try to murder people? Because out of everybody on this in this town, that's the, the last person you want committing murder. Right, because she would, would totally get, get away, away with, with it. it. <laughs> yep, 100%. But they went in a different direction, and I am grateful. Yes, So Noah, I believe still is her name, is at the police station. She explains that she didn't intend to steal the dress, but it was calling to her. And she says it was calling to her like Jumanji, which was a reference that I am living for. I'm a huge Jumanji fan. I loved Jumanji as a kid. And I was just like, yes. Also, I was like, is this a reference young people are going to know? I'm sure with the new Jumanji, right? Yeah, there's a new Jumanji. I'm sure they'll get that one before they get the Beautiful Mind one. So it's fine. But Nancy is talking to Tamora and starts to feel faint. But she's like, no, I'm good. She starts to leave. But we see George and Bess are also at the police station, handcuffed to the bench. It is George again, not Odette. Yes. She does not remember what happened. And Bess just cannot handle talking because apparently they had that much to drink. Um. And I knew she was lying the moment that I saw George's face and her lipstick was all smudged. Like their lip, I was just like, mm, there was there some kissing going on here? And she Maybe. embarrassed. I was just like, it looks like they were kissing. <laughs> but it's a good thing they're at the police station because Nancy gets a call. She had just left. She gets a call from Tamora and she says, did you already forget how to do your job without me? And she goes back to the police station and we see... We can only assume that Tamora called her to tell her to come get George and Bess, right? Yeah. But she sees Tamora walking to more toward her, and he is in slow fucking motion, y'all. Slow I, motion. I, and I was like, I had never thought he had looked that attractive, but somehow he, he was he really hot. So good. He was, I was just like, did they do something different in makeup? I don't know, but like, like he, he was, was always cute. Attractive. Like, but he, he was like he, fine. Yeah, and uh, and but then the slow motion really, really accentuated his, all of his features, <laughs> right? Made and, them look good. And Nancy is so confused. He finally gets to her, and she's like, "Were were you just walking in slow motion?" And she has like a lot of Freudian slips. At that moment, Gil walks in, and she sees him in slow mo too, and she's like so smoldering. And she she reaches out to touch both of them and she's talking to them and they're both looking at her like, are like, you okay? I was like, clearly she's not. This is so anti-Nancy. Like she's clearly on drugs. Like- so that's why I was saying it was a good thing George and Bess were there because they walk up and she drops their hands, her hands quickly from each of them. And she says, uh, get me out of here now. Seriously, get me away from them. I think that wedding gown did something to me. so it did not take her long to realize that something was up one and two it was 
the wedding gown. Yeah, clearly. I guess because they kind of knew the history of the wedding gown and the purpose of it, it was that it didn't well, take she her. she got blasted in the face. That's in the, the only face. Thing it she didn't take her that of. long a leap that she was experiencing all the sexual desires. Okay. <laughs> I yes. was just like, and they did a really great job with like camera work and things like that to make us understand what she was feeling. Yes. Um, the slow-mo just, just gets me. The slow-mo was really a beautiful choice. I usually- And the wind a- machine? The wind <sighs> machine? Their hair? Oh God, wait till we get to Ace. Uh, no, okay. seriously. I. But it, it was- I it have was, so it was thoughts inspired. when we get to Ace. Inspired directing. So Nancy gets back to the claw. She sees Nick and he is all, he's also in a wind machine and there's like light coming from around his face. And she says, how much have you been working out? And George is like, obviously trying to diffuse. She turns around and Ace is there. And Ace is also in the wind machine, except Ace's hair is so long and so beautiful. He looks like, Fabio on the corner of a romance novel. Okay. okay. It looked so soft. Didn't it? So soft. And she says, I was just oh like, boy. Alex, drop your hair routine. Let us know yes, what please. you use. Because Let us know your conditioner, friend. What conditioner? I just, so soft. And so when she went up and to he touch like his hair, his he flipped his hair and she was just like, can I touch it? And Ace just looked so confused. I was just like, girl, same. I also want to touch his hair. Let me run my fingers through it. I I was Nan- I was living for it. I was like, Nancy is me. I am Nancy. We're together. We are, we one. are one. We are one. But I just love it because when it happens, she goes, oh boy. And she says, can I touch it? And she says, so much softer than I ever imagined. Girl, and she's obviously whispering, but everybody hears it. Like, it's like she doesn't even realize she said it loud enough for me. And at that moment, though, my nace heart was like, she's imagined it. I just want you all to notice that, that she's imagined it. Okay. There's a lot of things in this episode that make you go, like, ooh, she's thought about it. Because right after that, when she figures it out, what happens? Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. I'm getting there. Do you think I was going to leave it out? I'm not. So anyways, Ace is so confused, but he says, Nancy, it's Annette. And she said, who's Annette? I'll kill her. And I'm like, and he's like, no, Nancy, it is a net. And so he, he's realized that the dress was a net for all the lust, right? And that that is what is in the nest. And so Nancy starts doing that thing, same thing she did in the Josh Killer episode. She's solving the, like the, the, um, she's solving the mystery out loud. Right. And yeah. And so she's saying these things and she turns around and she says, in God, Ace, no, she says, and God, you're so smart, Ace. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) And so obviously again, his intelligence is a big factor in what draws her to him, which same we are still one we are still on the same wavelength nancy absolutely but ace is like he notices that her palms are sweaty and her pulse is racing and so she's feeling like sexual attraction and she's like talking still out loud trying to solve this so in between moments of like her losing her senses 
she's still Nancy, right? She's still trying to solve the mystery. And she wonders out loud, I love this line. Is it making me feel attraction or is it intensifying feelings of attraction that I was already suppressing? And she turns around and fucking looks at looks Ace. At Ace. I you was can't like, make this shit up. thought about it. And the, the thing is though, it, when she says that, it doesn't just imply that she thought about Ace. It also implies that she thought about Tamora and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know if it, that's, you know, because I don't think she, maybe, maybe, maybe. I just assumed that line was specifically about Ace because she turned away from Around him and looked to at look him, at Which Ace. is a fair assumption, but my brain got ahead of me and was like, wait, does that mean she thought about all four of the guys? I was like, Nick makes sense. They actually slept together. Ace makes lots of sense. There's so much tension there. Gil, I guess I kind of get right. The actor's really cute and he's a bad boy and she hasn't really gone for bad boys yet. Right. Like, yeah. Owen was a good person and Nick's clearly the best person on the show. So like, um, yeah. so there's, there's appeal there. Right. And I was like, but Tamora, he evil. Yeah. But I mean, he is cute, but I mean, either way, she makes them lock her in a freezer, which is hilarious. But George Bess, Ace, and Nick are all outside the freezer. They realize that the dress was created by the women in white. And so the women in white apparently dabbled in oppression, y'all. That's, that's not a great thing. But one was a Hudson. And so they think that potentially something from the Hudson's archives might go into detail into how the dress was made to figure out how they can get it out of Nancy. So Bess realizes that something is wrong with Ace. He tells her that, you know, he's found her, his brother and she's confused, but he, he tells her that his brother's mother witnessed something and was in witness protection. And that's how she met Ace's dad. So it's his brother through his dad's side and his dad was his brother's mother's marshal, U.S. marshal. Mm-hmm. And he says he doesn't think that his mom knows. And so he accidentally discovered it himself. He, he didn't even know. It would happen before he was born. So his brother is older than he is. And so, you know, he apologizes to Bess. You know, he's like, I'm sorry I let Odette get you drunk. And she, she's pretty understanding of it. I mean, he obviously has a lot on his mind. So. Yeah. I mean, they all do at this point. Like, I feel like. I forget that they're supposed to be like young adults because so much is happening to them all of the time. Uh And on, and Bess is honest too. She says, you know, it wasn't entirely Odette. Basically she was drinking to take her mind off the fact that she likes Odette because Odette is in George's body and Ace tells her, and she's like, and that's not okay. And Ace says, no, it's not okay under any circumstances. (laughs) And I was it, like, it is, thanks for clarifying. Weird. Can can you just imagine having that conversation with Nick? Like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to share George, but really, I just want Odette. Okay, but we're going to share George. No, not okay. It's her body. and It's really okay. gross. And as such a, um, just a physical violation. Like, like 
Mm-hmm. It's just ugh, not to even think about that. And and I remember we had a lot of those these conversations with the hundred with Josephine and Clark. Yeah, we did. It's we had just these so weird. And it's like a lot of that. And I was pissed about it then too. Yeah, no, it's such a violation. Such a violation. But um, we see George Odette is asking her why she's so angry about what happened. And we do actually see Odette this time. And George is worried because she woke up on a police bench hungover and she's worried that people are going to think she's just like her mom, right? She's picked her mom up off that bench countless times. And Nick walks in and asks about Nancy and George can't even concentrate on Nancy. Like she's too far into the spiral. She tells him that she's afraid of losing control and they they're about to have a conversation it would appear but all of a sudden you hear nancy and she's inside the freezer and she says is that nick out there hey nick can i see you please (laughs) it's hilarious and it's just it's like my favorite line of this whole episode it's her in the freezer can i see you can i see you is that quickly that's um, it. <laughs> it's just really funny because we know how platonic they now are like you know and it's just yeah like, yeah they're not even it's like- just so weird and it just shows that like she's really lost it and you could see and it's just interesting because even though she's in the freezer her face is all blotchy and red and you can see that she's overheating and like ah it's just such a great episode and the comedic timing of that line is brilliant in the middle of this like super serious conversation it just reminds me of ace and all of his dumb lines like just in the middle (laughs) just like a moment the most inopportune time yeah Bess and Ace are meeting up with Ryan. He gives them some sort of family notebook that belonged to Temperance Hudson who was one of who was the Hudson that was a woman in white and they find the recipe for the dress so they head back to the claw Nancy is in the freezer she's talking to herself she's like you're fine your brain is not on fire think about literally anything else but sex literally anything and she can only think about sex (laughs) well it all is coming to a head Tamora shows up at the claw with an envelope and we see Nancy finds a kebab skewer and you're like, great, she's going to escape. Tamora walks in, sees Nick, asks where Nancy is. And Nick's like, she's not available right now. Gil walks in then and he sees Tamora and he says, you again. Obviously, he does not like the time Tamora has been spending with Nancy. Nope. Nancy frees herself from the freezer and she tries to escape George. She throws something in her face and try, and George stands in her way and she body checks George to the ground. As oh she would. That girl's on fire. <laughs> she just body checks her and I'm like, oh my they, God. I was like, I can't believe they were dumb enough to think that a door was going to stop her. You've seen this girl break into how many rooms and you're like, the freezer. Let's just put her in the freezer you didn't even put furniture in front of it rookie these this just shows how much they need nancy to think exactly (laughs) rookies but ace and Bess walk into the back uh well they walk in to see tomorrow and gil arguing first 
And then they go to the locker room to see what the fuss is all about. They hear noise. Nancy and George are fighting. Nancy is like trying to lunge for Ace. <laughs> and um, and because Ace said something about them wrestling. And Nancy said, yeah, let's wrestle. And she like <laughs> lunges at Ace. And I'm like, girl, girl, hold, contain yourself. Contain same girl, it. same. <laughs> but Ace convinces her. They uh, basically force feed her the antidote. But she only does it for Ace, right? Because she's trying to get Ace to have sex. She's trying to get into Ace's pants, okay? And she would do anything to do it, okay? Exactly. I understand, okay? So I she would swallow anything he wants me to. So she feeds him the antidote. She says, yeah, it's working. I feel fine now. And George is like, she's lying. And she was. And Gil and Tamora are still there. They're still arguing. And Nick comes up and he's like, I have a better idea. Why don't you both get out of my restaurant? And I'm like, yes, boss. Yes. Restaurant owner. Get it. Get it. It was like, where is that? Ooh. But it cuts back to Nancy obviously the antidote has done something it's made her sick and she runs to the bathroom and vomits and before they can get in there to retrieve her she has broken out of the bathroom window and is running at tamora in the parking lot and it looks like she's gonna collide with him but she gets stopped colliding mouse oh god she gets stopped in time. He tells her that he really liked working on the case together. And she says, yeah, our brains are so compatible, right? And I'm like, girl, really, really anyone, huh? And they're both really suggestive, but they say, you know, we shouldn't do anything. They both go into kiss. And then at the last moment, she turns around and vomits up the lust. And so she walks away and Tamora is so confused i don't blame him that whole episode would have me confused if i was tamora who doesn't really understand or believe in the supernatural in the supernatural and all of that stuff and nancy had was acting really weird like they were friendly at the beginning but like straight up flirting with him and trying to make out with his face like that that came out of nowhere it 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 was it was definitely blindsiding for tamora but but entertaining for the rest of us it was inter- and not not to mention that at the end there tomorrow was kind of into it like he was thinking about it which is kind of gross seeing as he's m- supposed to be much older right didn't we agree that he was around ryan's age maybe he's a uh, little younger maybe a little younger Still maybe gross. a little bit it is it, he is he is a lot older but and now we're not saying that age differences are the end all be all. Like if you really like someone and it's consensual and it's not like underage, yeah, I, I guess saying, you're fine, not but they're not technically underage and they didn't meet while she was underage. So technically Nancy's almost 20 because yeah, of but it's still the so weird. Thing. The power dynamics of it still creep me out though. Yeah, that that's, that's valid. So we see Nancy fixing the freezer. George and Bess are riding the shelves that Nancy knocked over when she was like body checking George to the ground. And Nancy says she's disappointed in her ancestor temperance, right? And women these days in general, she says, you know, Val thought she was complimenting her by, you know, saying she was reserved online. 
but she doesn't understand why people should be complimented for buttoning up their sexuality. And George says, do you really want to tackle decades of women's suppression this tonight? Like that, that's what we want to do right now after the day that we've had. <laughs> and they that's both comfort her. It's true. And they both comfort her. And Nancy said that after she stopped fighting against it, it was kind of deliberating to just feel desire. And she said, you know, it was kind of like a whammy, you know, she doesn't want every guy, but then George says, you know, it's okay if you want at least one, maybe even two. And then Ace comes around the corner. Literally, some of these decisions, not subtle at all. Like, like an animal. I mean, out of the four guys, if she likes one, maybe two, there are two obvious reasons, right? Two wholesome, understandable guys. Wholesome might not be the right word, but like understandable crushes she could have. Ace and Gil, right? They're both age appropriate. Um, They're both cute. Gil is not wholesome. No, Gil. That's why I retracted that. I was like, not wholesome. Wholesome is not the right word. Um, He is asshole. That's the word. Continue. um, But like wholesome in that they're not harmful crushes and like if it's just a crush like pursuing something beyond that might be a different story but you know liking them isn't dangerous outright you know like the way it but might Ace be dangerous is the one she should choose i mean there's an obvious choice but um because at this point ace isn't officially dating amanda so he's totally available yep um i'm assuming that will change uh, given given what we've seen and some comments that you have made, but um, yep. he's, he's totally available to Nancy and so is Gil. Tamora, power dynamics again at play. They're both technically adults and Nancy's extraordinarily mature for her age. So I can understand Tamora's appeal to her. Like I get it. She's cute and she's really mature. You probably don't realize she's still a teen. But uh, it's still a little weird to me. And Nick's clearly dating George. So, yeah. And she's like been there, done that. So yeah. the two guys that we have left are Ace and Gil. And they, the, the so, direction of this episode was clearly pointing us. Which one is she going to choose? We will see. But Ace asked Bess if she will go with him to meet his brother. So that is why Ace is there. We then see Nancy at the police station. She goes to Tamora's office. She's there to clear the air. He tells her the truth, which is that his engagement ended because she didn't like what he did for a living and she had no interest in the things. And he says, I, or we share the passions, you know, they share for trying to solve crime and find the truth. And she says basically that she respects his skills. And next case, he says he won't push back so hard. So there will be a next case. They're going to work together again. And he says, you know what? She says, you know what, though? Your skepticism provides a good balance. So she's going to hold him to the next case. That's good, though. Yeah, it is good. Now that they have a relationship, she can actually get some shit done. But Ace goes to meet his brother. But when he arrives, the brother is not there. All he finds is a box with a picture of his dad inside. So the brother is gone. Nancy, then, we see is somewhere. Turns out to be Gil's house because why? Why? I literally put in my notes, why Gil? I kind of get it, though, because if the two viable options are Gil and Ace, 
I wouldn't touch Ace unless I knew it was reciprocated because of a friendship that they I have. know, but still my notes right now is a bulleted list. And the first bullet says, why Gil? The second one says, stupid choice. The third one says, so she picks Gil of all people. The fourth one says, that fucking asshole. The fifth one says, oh, the sixth one says, I can't even type it. I, I got to take a picture so I can share this with you guys. You should tweet that out from our, like, our Making a Druid account because I think people would want to know oh, um, and, and want to see it. Here but, you go. I'm taking a picture right now. But because you're, you're technically right, all of those things are accurate, but it's understandable from a human percept or perception simply because of what she said, right? She just wants to feel desired. Yeah, she but it almost feels like... Nancy feels a little masochistic this season. Like <laughs> a little bit. And a lot of it might be like she's punishing herself for some of the choices that she's made, right? People were really mad at her. I mean, it definitely feels like that. Um, and not to mention, um, and I've, I've texted you this, right? I think a running theme this season is just an identity crisis. She's having an identity crisis of who she is and who she's related to and what that means and and all of these things, right? Where, um, and that's a running theme, not just for, for Nancy, right? We see that with Ryan trying to balance out this new dad identity with being a Hudson and what being a Hudson means and what it means to Nancy. And we've seen that with like Nick struggling as he like comes to terms with, you know, you know, what it means to like, from being Tiffany's friend to like all of this stuff. And, and now George and Odette, as they struggle to share a body and what that means. Right. So like, it's like a running thing and she is kind of punishing herself for not knowing who she is and like, not, you know, being sorry for some of the mistakes she's made and liking her, like liking herself to the Hudson's and, you know, hating that and like seeing some commonalities there that are not just like the ticks that we saw with her and Everett but like some personality traits that she before probably thought were like totally normal and fine and now are just like to her are the worst things possible because it like again shows the similarities she has with the Hudson's who are pure evil most of them yeah I mean I feel like those are all very 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 valid observations I just it's definitely more eloquent than my statement of uh, feels masochistic. <laughs> and, but it's accurate, right? She is punishing. She's like looking for pain. It's, it's because she's worst. punishing herself. Like she's taking, she's like taking herself away from a lot of stuff that would probably bring her great joy. I was going to um, say, undoubtedly, she knows that Ace is going to be the one that would make her happiest but she's not stupid she has so much in common with ace and ace has made it known that he like like that he loves her at least as on platonic level which could absolutely given the way he's expressed himself mean more like like no none of her other friends have said things to her like that because it's not really that platonic yeah because uh, it's not platonic you're right at no. all. name one other person that ha- would just drink poison for her. No one, not even Carson has done that. Tell me, tell true. me that shit's platonic. <laughs> it's true. Wait a minute. Does this mean you're a Nace fan? I think at this point, I think I can qualify. 
scenes and I was like I don't know like I can see it and understand it but it's like not something I, I'm like uh, shipping 100% because I liked Owen and like I could see that even though I knew he's gonna die but I thought he would last a little bit longer he did not he did not he did not he died he did uh, he died quick um and I liked him so um I wasn't really a full on board in season one but I think season two has converted me yep they're great. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, we call ourselves Nace Nation because Leah Lewis named us that. <gasps> really? I'm is she like the OG the Nace? She is a Nace. She is ah! an OG Nace. Yep. Girl! I knew yep. I knew you had taste. <laughs> yep, she totally does. Okay, let's wrap it up. Ryan's at the claw. He's reading his article on the phone. Uh, he texts Val. Thank you. You know, thank you for the article. It was great. Val pulls up behind a mysterious vehicle and gets inside and it is Celia. This just reminds me of that one scene in season one where Nancy put up a a little show and tell for for Bess. So Elizabeth punched her. I was just like the the scary parking lot. The night. Oh, you mean when they they said Mrs. Hudson and I said it was Celia and you're like, no, it's not. I was like, maybe I was like, maybe not. I, it was, it was totally Celia. Celia at this point, but like, I thought they so, were going to introduce another character. So it turns out Val had been working for Celia the whole time. That whole article was just a ruse for Val to be able to get close enough to Ryan to find out for Celia if he had any uh, secrets or any kind of like, why was he coming back to the family? Celia was suspicious of him essentially. And so Val had, did find out that Nancy was her granddaughter, that Nancy was Ryan's daughter, and she tells Celia. And that is how the episode ends, ladies and gents. It is over. Let's move on to Easter eggs. So this episode, we get to talk a little bit more about my um, Hardy War theory. Because we have some more brother goodness, right? So in this episode, we find out that indeed Ace's brother is on his father's side, which would mean they would share a last name, which is Hardy. We have two Hardy boys, possibly. They are both Hardys. We don't know that, but they are. Okay. We're just, we're, we're, we're correct. It's, it's going to be correct. So. That's my Easter egg for this episode. Now we move on to ratings. This episode, we are rating the episode on a scale of one to five hair blowing machines. One being being garbage, five being iconic. I'm just glad you didn't go with the obvious bride, you know, dress, like the bridal dress. I will never go with the obvious, dear. You know me. Yes, and I'm glad it was the hair blowing machines. I thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Thought you'd like that. What'd you give it? I really enjoyed this episode. I gave it a 4.25 hair blowing yeah! machines. That's high. It's high for me. I don't, I have yet to give out a five. Um, there's some episodes that have come close, but 
this one is pretty high on my list. Like I said, I think it might be one of my favorites. If uh, I think there might be one that I gave a 4.5 to, but I can't remember. I think you gave 4.5 to episode 16 of season one, Lucy. Yeah. And like, I've, I've given, I think I've given a, a handful, but um, you know, I just really enjoyed this episode. It's really funny, like hilariously. So, and like, there was enough um, like social commentary to like really be interesting and grounded. And I don't know. It's just really funny. Relevant. Really, yeah. Yeah. But it was still fucking hilarious. I loved the show. Oh my gosh. This episode was amazing. Yeah, as was- close to iconic as you can get. And of course, iconic is season one, episode 16. So <laughs> I gave this one a 4.75. That's oh wow, that's really high. I love this episode. It's a good one. I- so when when we st- when we, you know, I, I told you that at the beginning of this podcast you know, I was very confident in my ratings because I knew which ones were going to get high scores. And I knew which ones were going to get high scores based on how well I remember them. I remembered every single detail of this episode. That's it later. Yeah. So good. So good. So it's, yes, I give it a 4.75. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it was everything they do best done really really well the comedy parts that they usually sprinkle in was everywhere on this episode and it's done really well and it wasn't overdone comedy can easily be overdone especially on a show that isn't a comedy um and the ghost bits were so well done like they were creepy but not overly so the fact that it was like a human person um really grounded it the social commentary was really well done and the the little tidbits of like the overall mystery and and the ending with with Ryan and Val and Celia was also a really great way to wrap it all up. Um, it was. So because they do endings really well. Um. So yeah, it was like the best of everything. The endings on this show are always iconic. They're always I, good. I love the endings. All right, let's move on to predictions. Yes. So. So, um, my, I have a handful of them and, and here's the thing, my death watch list just gets longer. I know we had, uh, we had Grant on there, I believe. And who else did I put on there? I feel like I, Steven, right? I feel like Steven's coming back and he might die. Um, but I'm also going to add Val to that list and Mm. Tamora, um, they both had interesting stories in this episode that make me go, hmm, I don't know how Things long it'll make you go. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think tomorrow will last this season. I think he'll, he'll bite the dust at the end of the season, whether it's death or he just leaves is yet to be seen. I think it might be death. Um, uh, I just don't see how his story I feel like he's he's clearly not there to get a new star. He's clearly there with ulterior motives. Um, and a lot of it might be connected to the Drew crew. Um, I think it might be connected to the Hudsons and the Marvins. Okay. Um, 
So I don't think he'll survive season two. I really sad about that. I'm starting to actually kind of like him. I used to hate him before, but like he's kind of growing on me the way McGinnis did kind of grew on me at the end there. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad about that. And then Val, of course, you know, her getting bad with the, with the Hudson's is always a bad idea. If you want well, to and especially she's essentially blackmailing them at the end of the yeah. episode. She's it like, look- I'm only going to keep my mouth shut if you pay me. I'm like, yeah, dude, and, they and- kill people. Not to mention, I do think she doesn't realize what she's done. I don't, I think she, she kind of, in her mind, she they, she kind of knows who the Hudsons are and that she knows that they're bad people, but she doesn't realize how actively and how she's actively endangered another human being because she thinks, well, Nancy's fine. She's a Hudson. Like, they're not going to kill another Hudson. Yeah, she doesn't realize that they're, like, murdery. Yeah, and so I just think with her, you know, her probably finding out about some of that stuff and her role in it and... um her possible romance that I foresee with between her and Ryan and Ryan having ulterior motives beyond just Nancy, right? It's a part Nancy to keep her safe, but it's also part, you know, finishing what Tiffany started there. I feel like she's just not, she's, she put herself in this predicament and I don't think it's going to end well for her. I do hope it does. And I hope that I'm wrong and that she lives a little bit longer because I think her and Ryan would be really cute. (laughs) I'm yeah, all for Val like, and Ryan. She kind of betrays Ryan, right? Like, yeah, it does. She she had did, to have but known. it might be sexy. We'll find out. <laughs> One of two things. One, she had to have figured out that Ryan knew and was trying to keep it from his family. And she's a smart girl. She should have realized there was a reason why Ryan was trying to keep it from his family. Or yeah, two, but- she thought Ryan didn't know, and then she just didn't tell him. Yeah, um, I definitely think she she thought he knew. I I also think she didn't think the reason why he didn't tell his family was to keep Nancy safe. She probably thought that he was either embarrassed or wanted nothing to do with Nancy. Well, she's dumb dumb. Get, get, yeah, so you know, maybe they're perfect Ryan's for each reputation, other. I can't blame her, right? Maybe he has- they're perfect for each other because they're both dumb dumbs. I think so. I, that's my reasoning. I think they're they're both really hot dum-dums, you know? And oh. why not? That's <laughs> what bothers me. Val is not actually a dum-dum. But anyways, what's your next one? Well, neither is Ryan, as we've come to, to terms. Like, I've had to come to terms with. He's not a full dum-dum. But... I know. Um. So that's something I've noticed. Gil and Nancy at the end there. I do think it's going to be more than just a sexapade. I, I think there's going to be, I don't think it's going to go far or it's going to last very long, maybe one or two episodes, but I think they're going to give romance or a, 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 some sort of relationship a shot. Um, I, like I said, don't think it's going to end well. I don't think almost um, like it's a vehicle for Nancy. And yeah. Ace for another see- thing. Uh, <laughs> plot wise, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> To like push her in a different direction. <laughs> and I think it will be interesting as she comes to terms with all of her, her Hudson side being with someone like Gail, who is clearly not a good person, at least not completely the way that she, her other relationships have been, right? So she, he's going to bring out the worst in her. And I think that's going to be an interesting coming to terms and coming to head with what she's already struggling with. So I think it's like a, a, a good way to tell that story and to wrap a little bit of that up. I do think Celia will confront Ryan and one or two things are going to happen. Either she's going to manipulate Ryan so badly that he messes up 
or Ryan's going to try to manipulate her and do it poorly, but well enough that, you know, his huts bringing down Hudson plan with Nick is covered. No one suspects that, but it's going to put Nancy in a precarious situation <laughs> because he's going to do it poorly. Not good enough to keep everybody safe, but um, yeah. And uh, he's going to try to do that for Nancy's sake. It's not going to go well for Nancy. And then lastly, my big leap of the season, my, the two society things that I've had coming up, you know, I've been mentioning this since like, what I feel like since episode one, right? With the, the weird meeting Everett had with all of his men. I think it's looking a lot, it's looking pretty good, which means it's probably wrong. Um, but I'm starting to think that the women in white that keeps mentioned, um, they might have to recreate, recreate something like that for all of the hauntings that are going to be happening given the things in the boxes that have now been released and i think it's interesting because they yeah but i don't know any witchcraft people do you no and i don't think it's so much witchcraft but i think it's going to be interesting because they already have two of the six women with bess and nancy a hudson and a marvin and so i wonder if we're going to start seeing some of the other founding families. Um, and I wonder if, if my original theory of Lily's garden is less so about mob related and more so about secret witches. <laughs> mm. um, because a garden or, or, or flower shop is a good way to hide some, you know, herbs and things like that for witchcraft. Yeah, that's, cool. that's true. Um, and I think, and I will say, but I think it might be a connection to the secret societies. I know this is a big leap and I know I'm probably wrong, but my brain is like, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it, it be that? cool though? <laughs> and so those are my predictions. I mean, those are some great predictions. I think, um, I think you're doing I, a great job this season. I know I'm as, as cold as Antarctica can, was when there was no global warming, given the big, big twist. But, you know, I'm trying over here. I'm trying to get creative. <laughs> I mean, there are certain elements you're not cold on. And then there are some elements that you're just like frigid. So off? <laughs> yep. It's yep. fine. For the I've big twist. For the way. big twist, at least. For the big twist. It's fine. So. It's whatever. I At love this it point, though. I've accepted my role as the dum dum. You're not a dum dum. Next season, we'll both be dum dums together. I love that for us. <laughs> I know, right? It'll be so great. All right. So that's all we have for you this episode. Please make sure that you have us, you're subscribed to our podcast, that you leave us a review and a rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also catch us on social media. And by the way, we had someone leave a uh, review this week. It was so nice. It was so nice. Yep. yep. And I'm going to get her name real quick or their name. I'm not sure. Let's see. It was Kira Wise 27. Kira wants to know when we're going to get social media other than Twitter. So like an Instagram or something like that because Kira is not on Twitter. So thank you for the suggestion, Kira. We will definitely look into potentially getting an Instagram. Teresa might have to teach me how to use it. 
Because uh, um, I have an Instagram. Instagram, but I can be the Instagram person. Though the email might be a good idea, so people can email us stuff. So we we actually do have an email. I really? just have yeah. I've just never shared it. Teresa Teresa doesn't even know that we have an email, <laughs> but we do have an an email. It is makingadrood at gmail.com. So easy to remember making a drood our podcast name at gmail.com so you can totally email us if you would like to and we'll look at potentially getting an instagram but until then you can find us on twitter at making a drood you can find me personally at slow burn mac and you can find Teresa where yes you can find me on twitter as well at t-e-r-e underscore dv 95 very very cool and That's all we have. So until next time, we'll catch you later, Drudes. Bye.